We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the making. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is your host, Eric C. Paul, co-host Michael Stewart, the former Los Angeles Rams safety. Folks, we could not let this pass. We cannot. Happy St. Patrick's Day for all you green beer <laughs> lovers out there. Enjoy. Enjoy the party. Try not to get too, um, let's say, happy tonight. Let's just say that. And hopefully you can wake up tomorrow morning and listen to good Rams football talk. Mike, how you doing? Hey, we're doing great, Big D. Glad to be here and outstanding uh, St. Patty's Day, if you will. Uh, hopefully everyone wore their green so they didn't get pitched, pinched too much. <laughs> <laughs> and I forgot to wear mine today, too. Yeah. Went to church and a whole bunch of people just in church, green, green, yeah. green, 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 <laughs> right. everywhere. And it's not even an Irish church. <laughs> right. It's green. Yeah. So, hey, hey, we're all ready. 
Um, folks, before we get moving here, we do want to just remind you that we're available anywhere podcasts can be found, including Spotify and Spreaker, SoundCloud. You can also find our podcast listed on Clutch Points. They feature an awesome app that puts loads of NBA and NFL information out there on your fingertips. Check them out at clutchpoints.com or download the app. And don't forget to subscribe and leave five-star reviews for us on iTunes. It really helps us out. And don't forget the other shows on our network, Rams Uncensored, which due to a family thing was not available this week, Rampage Radio with a baby born. Hey, hey, Jordan, good congrats to you. They're on hiatus now. And, of course, butting heads with Steve and Johnny. So we got a couple shows in and out here with some family stuff, but we're still here. Steve and Johnny are still here. Check us out. We're on pretty much all week. Okay. So breaking news today. Mark Barron does sign a two-year deal with the Pittsburgh Steelers. It just broke here late afternoon. It's not even on our podcast sheet. That's how breaking it was. Uh, two years, $6 million. Uh, sorry, $12 million, $6 million a year. And uh, going to the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is rare for them. They are not much of a free agent team. So it's official, Mike. How you feeling about losing Mark? Uh, I, I was surprised that uh, I guess, you know, you'll get what the market bears, but I was a little surprised at the amount and a little surprised at, at the Steelers being kind of how they run their defense. But if they think that uh, Mark, you know, originally came in the league as a safety, they may have some things in their scheme that will allow him, since he's not the just the most uh, – giant linebacker if you will it sounds looks like they may be getting him in on more of their blitz package and things like that but you know congratulations to him and he's going to a great organizations per se uh, they got a little term turmoil right now i guess with the whole antonio brown ben roethlisberger and all that but all in all he's going to you know a decent situation so good for him well i hope it's decent out there you know, Pittsburgh for so long was the most stable franchise in the league, and all of a sudden the last two years has become a train wreck, which is, to me is, I mean, when can you remember? You've been around the NFL for a long time as a player and so on after. When can you remember Pittsburgh being in such a such turmoil as it is now? I haven't. Uh, it's been interesting to kind of watch because typically because they keep a lot of things in-house, but now that so much is out of there, that's when, you know, it makes it tough. You know, hey, maybe a free agent doesn't really want to come here with everything that's going on. But I would imagine, you know, maybe it's just one of those times that it was their time to get a little controversy going. And, and hopefully they'll get things back, you know, as they would probably say, the steal away, if you will, and keep moving forward as an organization that we've known them to be. Well, I'm, I'm sure part of it too is the fact they offer him six million a year. I don't, th- I, I don't think anybody saw him getting six million a year for two years. Exactly, and that's what I said. That was a little, but again, you know, the market kind of dictates where things go, or the team that needs a a particular uh, player for a particular scheme or position, and sometimes you you see these surprises in this free agency market. Well, he'll go out there and replace. You know, I forget his name. It's not Shazier. Shazier was a big part of their, of their defense at middle linebacker, but he's not the guy who's replacing. Off the top of my head, I'm totally, totally blanking out. But the one thing Steelers linebackers do is they do rely more on speed and movement. They're not a straight stop the run at the middle team like the Rams version of the 3-4 is. So that may be why they're doing what they're doing. But overall, I, I would think they would have wanted to add something a little more size there than what he's got. I've also wondered why teams don't move him back to be more of a safety hybrid. 
like you know, like the way Jeff Fisher used to use Mark Barron all those years ago. It might have been the only smart thing Jeff Fisher did in his last couple of years. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was a Jeff Fisher burn. Wow, song. wow, I'm you sorry. are good buddies with Jeff. <laughs> well, you know, if you look at the Steelers uh, in the past, the different linebackers they blitz their safeties a lot. So that's what I'm thinking. They probably have something in their scheme that they'll use him more as a true hybrid where he's doing a lot more blitzing uh, because I think just as a true safety, he's not, I don't think, that great or smooth in the coverage area in regards to, you know, a bigger guy and just the hip movement. But as a, a quicker linebacker, he fills that void. Uh, but again, as you noted, with the overall size not being so dominant as a, at a linebacker position, I just my assumption would be they'll use him more as a hybrid. You know, in college we used to call it a rover back. You know, where you're playing kind of a safety, kind of a linebacker, but it's that in between, nothing more dominant either way. You're a rover back, so I've seen him playing more of a rover back role. I mean, I see him as the guy more they're going to use towards the edge instead of going up the middle. That's Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right. So also, I mean, this is a big week in terms of new Rams and old Rams, and then you have a couple of new Rams coming in. Um, we we missed. I missed my show this week on Thursday night because well, we had a tornado warning. Kind of Steve made fun of me on the show saying I I had disappeared. We had a tornado warning rolling through. I'm getting my kids up and t- getting them taken down in the basement, and uh, so Steve had to step in and promptly threw shade. I gotta go ahead and say you threw me some shade. No, I did not ditch the podcast, but I didn't get a chance to talk about Roger Saffold, the Marcus Joyner, pretty much all the changes that took place during the week and uh, really early in the week. We lost Roger Saffold, and it was a guy we started thinking may find a way to come back, and all of a sudden he's gone. A guy who was here with the team all through many of those bad years in St. Louis and the rough year in 2016 went through a ton of injuries. It was really hard to watch at some point. He, he was expected to be the guy who's going to be a left tackle and kind of anchor that edge and that got hurt, went to right tackle, struggled there a little bit, again, because of injuries, moves eventually to guard. And, um, man, it's, it's a little weird watching his journey, and now he's gone off to the Titans. Absolutely. And, you know, unfortunately, or fortunately, beside how, depending on how you want to look at it, uh, Again, I, I'm sure, you know, back in the olden days, as my kids would say, you didn't have free agency. So guys pretty much were on that team pretty much for the most of their career. You didn't see, you know, so much movement and they had trades and all that good stuff. But, you know, again, the dilemma is it's a chess game. And if you lose a guy like him who knows the system has been pretty set steady, especially last season. How do you replace what you've lost? And again, you got now another learning curve. Someone has to come in, bond with the O-line, learn the system. Uh, but this chess game just goes back and forth, and hopefully you can get into a position where you can be checkmate. I just think of this whole thing, and I look at Roger. He initially, a few years ago, signed with the Raiders. He, was going, he, he left once. Signed the Raiders. The Raiders got real queasy about his shoulder. Called off the whole deal. Comes back to the Rams. And basically gets his career together. Stays mostly healthy over the last four years. And he becomes the opinion of what it means to be a Ram. The guy was tough. He 
was versatile, moved around, and in the end, he became a guy who was, while criticized at first, a lot. Anytime you heard, Saffold's down. Saffold's down again. Saffold's holding his leg, holding his shoulder. You're thinking, oh, gosh, oh, gosh. Right, Why right. are they being patient with this guy? Right, and right. hand out. And now, we're going to remember him as a Ram. We're going to remember him as a guy who really blood, sweat, and tears, toughed all of it out, grit, determination, and I'm going to miss him. I gotta admit, just as a, as a football fan, I'm gonna miss watching him wear horns. Yeah, absolutely. And you always hate to see, especially you know, a good guy, not just on the field but off the field, you know, in the locker room, and a guy you can look at who has been steady. And so, but I kind of as we 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 talked a little bit last week. These are going to be some of the changes and surprises. And we we said, man, we'll, we're going to see what this week, you know. What happens this week? And sure enough, you know, we see, you know, things moving. So it'll be interesting again. Who are you bringing in or who are you promoting? Uh, and I have to believe uh, with coach and everyone, they, they have a plan. So the right now the plan appears to be Brian Allen at center and Joe Noteboom moving to left guard. That, that seems to be what the real deal is. The question I have and after I talked to Vinny Bonsignore this week, he kind of confirmed it. They've been playing these guys. They've been missing and matching them in practice throughout the year. The Rams expect this to possibly happen, especially limitations to the salary cap. I have to wonder at this point if that's the case, if they were thinking left guard for no boom, what's the plan for 2020? Are they going to try and move him back out again to left tackle? Are they going to try and right. leave him at left guard and develop him at left guard? And then right. draft a tackle in this draft or next draft. Because, I mean, we can't forget that Big Wood's 37, about to be 38. Right. So I, I look at this and go, what is the grand scheme? I think we're starting to see this this painting come together. We're starting to see some of the details to the, the artwork come in a little bit. But I'm still wondering about some of these points. What we saw, though, from Noteboom in limited action was – Pretty freaking good at the end of the year when Wick was out a little bit of time in a couple of games here. Noteboom right. came in and he did well. What are your thoughts on Noteboom and Allen kind of moving in, the, in those slots? Well, you know, the thing is, a lot of times uh, when you're dealing with the line play at that level, a lot of guys are interchangeable. You may even see one of those guys could drop down and play center if they had to. And that's kind of what you want to have is some versatility in the line. What ultimately happens, though, is where's the depth? You know, are you going to have enough depth in case, you know, Wick goes down for a game or what have you, or Noteboom goes down? But, again, at least starting out, you can see, well, we got five guys that get us going. Now the question is, well, how much depth do we have a guy that can play both guards and center, and that's one player. Then we have a guy who can play the both tackles. That's another guy. Then we have a guy who can maybe play, you know, all anywhere on the line. Okay, those are three backups, if you will. So the depth becomes the issue ultimately in regards to, you know, these guys. And then, again, how well are guys maturing and, and getting better each season? And also another guy we don't want to forget here was LaMarcus Joyner. He leaves this year, makes a little over $10 million a year for the Oakland Raiders. Why on earth you'd want to go to Oakland? It's like the graveyard of football careers. That's where you're going. I don't know why, but hey, more power to you. 
Uh, well, Marcus will be missed in several ways, especially, you know, he came up as a was drafted as a corner, did well as a hybrid himself, became a kind of a corner hybrid safety. Right. The problem, of course, was when it came down to it this year, playing under a franchise contract, he did not quite live up to that franchise contract. And then in the end, the Rams choose his time to move on. They signed Eric Weddle for significantly less money for a Pro Bowl safety. And it appears that I'm guessing maybe you, you, you know safety's better than I do. I'm guessing what's going to happen, I've seen some reports on it as well, is they're going to move John Johnson over to free safety and move Eric over to the strong safety. Is that how it's looking to you? Is that what you've been kind of reading? Uh, yeah. And, you know, but again, at least Weddle, unless his speed is decreased significantly, uh, you know, that's going to be a good move for, I think, our secondary. And then uh, I think, you know, we give us a little more overall size, if you will. But again, with Weddle's experience, he'll be able to come in, pick up the defense pretty quick. And I would I will see he'll quickly be able to be a leader back there. So but again, you know, you're looking at depth, you're looking at change. Uh, I don't know how well uh, LaMarcus and and uh, John like were, you know, buddies or what have you. But there's always that when you have a new new kid on the block, if you will, how fast can we all uh, get together and become a, a unit. So I think that's where uh, Tlaib and will be able to, you know, and some of the other veterans on on the defense be able to make sure, you know, everybody's lining up and getting getting going quickly. But yeah, these are questions that are going to have to be answered. Well, that was one of the concerns we raised numerous times over the year, and that was. What the heck is on the secondary? Why are there so many mis- uh, well miscommunication, communication issues? Why we saw numerous times they got in the game, guys, games, guys looking at each other, going, "What?" You know, blaming each other. I, I can go back to the Saints game, the first one where Marcus Peter got bur- Peters got burned, and we're all looking at him, and then we're realizing later on that it wasn't so much Peters' fault as, as Joiner's involvement on the play as well, or lack of involvement, and. To me, I, I kind of look back at that and go, with a secondary that low a talent, how on earth do they have so many problems throughout the year? And, you know, thank goodness Tlaib got back when he did and helped solidify things there. But now you have, you have Tlaib there, and now you have another leader, another leader in Eric Weddle. I don't foresee the same problems in that secondary in 2019. Well, you look at it. You got uh, Akeem Tlaib, who obviously is a great corner, is known as a film guy and breaking down and knowing players. Obviously, Weddle's done it, and I would imagine uh, Big John will learn from both of those guys. But when you get two guys with that type of experience in the room, now when you're pregame, getting ready for the next game, breaking down players, you know, they just have played probably against everyone in the league. That's going to be an advantage for the whole secondary and the defense. And that's when you come to meetings when they're, hey, Coach Phillips, you know, we could probably do this. You know, oh, yeah, you know what? You're right. Yeah. And so you'll get a lot more back and forth from a respect standpoint from a Coach Phillips relying on those veteran guys to not only lead the way, but also share some information on how we can beat these guys and help with the game plan, you know, after they put it together and make the tweaks to make them be successful. And just, just a side note, I don't know if you saw this. 
I know you're a busy guy these days, especially the last couple of days. You know, we'll keep that in the DL. We'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll leave little hints. Hopefully, we're telling yeah. you guys some news next week, okay? But we'll leave some little hints now. But did you see John Johnson's Twitter this week? No, um, I we, missed it. He had this post. He's seeing all these safeties getting some big money. He's like, you know, he, he's basically pleading with Twitter to calm him down because he's seeing all this big money going out there. And I, I look at this and go, is John Johnson to you definitely a guy on the, on the radar for the Rams long term? Because he is to me. It's a no brainer you keep this guy long term. Yeah. And again, the sad thing about what happens is when you're dealing with contracts in the NFL, when you sign your own contract, typically you go, yeah, man, this is a great deal. And you just got to know right then it's not going to be a good deal the next week or the next season. But when you signed it, you were ecstatic and you're happy and you just got to go with it and play out your contract. And then, you know, if you do well, you're going to get rewarded. And so I just think it's a little bit unfair for guys to put that type of pressure. Oh, that guy over there. Well, I'm better than him. Well, you're better than him because the system you're in now fits what you do. But if you go play in their system, maybe you're not that good. So that's where a lot of things break down because there's not a lot of guys that can just go from team to team and excel. And I think that was the struggle with uh, Marcus, not just trying to pick on him. But last year, this is a totally different system than he ran in Kansas City. And then they kind of find out, found out towards the end of the season oh, this is where we actually need to use this guy as opposed to, well, this is the system. He's been a great player. He'll just automatically pick it up and do well. Well, no, we got to still make tweets, even though it's a professional. Well, I also look at John Johnson go and think, as long as he keeps doing what he's doing, he's going to earn his contract. I mean, he is amazing. Outstanding safety. One of the best I've seen wear the colors in a very long time. I mean, just absolutely. I mean, we've had safeties come in who who have been great at some things and not so great at other things. There isn't a there isn't a whole lot John Johnson can't do out there, right? And and the fact that he'll be now at free safety where he can kind of even roam a little bit more, uh, we'll probably see even some more things that we didn't know was any. And so that's going to be great for him that he can really be truly the quarterback of the defense from uh, that free safety position and just go make plays. But absolutely, you take care of your business, as Chuck Knox would say. (laughs) If you take care of business, business will take care of you. All right, folks, so moving on, we do want to give a shout-out to our sponsor, Jim Hawk. He wrote this really great book. So if you are interested in more about Rams history and you like a bit of personal touch as well, check out Jim Hawk's book, Hollywood's Team Grit Glamour in the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. The book tells the story of the 1950s Rams, the lens of Jim's dad, John, who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. You know what, Mike? I didn't think you were born yet, were you? You said, you said 57. Yeah, that 53 was little, to 57. Yeah, that was a little before my time. So, this folks, you can't, see, you can't see it, but he stopped, and he paused, and his mouth dropped, and I caught him totally off guard. But anyways, <laughs> this is long before my time, too, buddy. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. So check out his son's story, his father, and the team he played for in an era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. Read about players like Norm Van Brocklin, Elroy, Crazy Hurst, Tom Fears, and Les Richter in this story spanning the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. You can find Hawk's book online at hallwasteen.com and on Twitter at Hawk's Team. It's available both in hardback 
and electronic form at Amazon, Barnes and Noble. And, oh, geez. And don't forget the paperback is coming out in just a few months, September. It's well worth your time, folks. Check this book out. And it goes to a great charity, Homeboy Industries. They work to help people get off the streets and gang uh, membership and get them into real life, real jobs, and moving into having an actual future. Okay, folks, check it out. Hollywood's Teen Grit, Glamour, and the 19th is Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk. It's well worth your time. Okay, so this next subject we want to talk about, it's not an easy one to talk about, folks. And we're not going to stay on too long because, well... We don't want to, let's <laughs> be honest, but we need to address it. We have to be a, uh, a podcast to cover this team, covers this team right, and even though it's a sensitive thing, we do need to cover it. All, I'm sure you guys all remember the get back coach, the guy who would pull who would pull our boy Sean McVay up back away from the silence, keep him get, from getting suspended. Well, that's Ted Rath, and Rams strength conditioning coach Ted Rath is now on leave after sexual battery charges. This is something that was kept quiet for quite a while. Matter of fact, the LA Times reported this week that he's been on leave from his position since mid-January. So this is before the Super Bowl. Now, I go back to some of the things we talked about. Personnel changes, but coaching exactly. changes prior to the Super Bowl. Another little piece of the puzzle. He was gone. He was charged with three counts of misdemeanor sexual battery in Ventura County. The team did confirm it on Friday. Um, his attorney entered a plea of not guilty on his behalf. And, uh, well, the Rams leave out a statement. The statement is this. We are aware the child's filed against Ted Rath. We take these allegations very seriously. Once the charges were filed, we decided that Ted would take a leave of absence from the team as this matter works its way through the justice system. So I guess when it comes down to these things, you're always going to have oh, some controversial opinions about it. And we know now he wasn't there for the game. He didn't see it. It was, uh, well, he, maybe he did see it, but he didn't see it personally, that's for sure. It's tough for us to talk about these things. I'm guessing, though, we could say it was probably the right thing for the Rams to do at the time. Would you agree or disagree? Absolutely. I mean, because, you know, with this climate that we're in and uh, with the Me Too movement and everything else, these type of allegations are taken very seriously. And, you know, at the end of the day, you have, uh, you know, the owner that, you know, he has a brand to protect. You know, obviously, all the owners have to protect the shield, as we hear about all the time. And so a lot of these things, uh, they're going to go hard. And if they have to come back and things are proven that certain things didn't happen, then you always can kind of back it down. But if you just try to go, oh, yeah. That's when you get in trouble because if things come out and they're true and all these things, it'll be, well, how come you didn't do anything? How come you didn't say something? So it actually helps him as well, you know, let things work its way out. Uh, but it's truly an unfortunate situation because once those kind of things are in your background, it just is just not good. Well, you know, and your innocence will proven guilty. Absolutely. And at least in the court of law, sometimes it's not always public opinion. I prefer personally to wait until we know details. I think in the, the times of news today where stories come out, I go back to the story about the Covington kids out yes. there you know, at the, the uh, was it the March for Life they were at? It was a March for Life. And of course you find there's a whole different story to it. And there's right. so many different stories. And we find out that you don't want to have egg in your face and making a judgment on somebody. 
Absolutely. So I, yeah, I would ca- I would caution any Rams fan to wait. If he did it, if Ted is guilty of this thing, then uh, he'll no be business. proven. He'll be proven, and then he and if he's found guilty, he has no business being on a football sideline anywhere. That would be my yeah. opinion. Okay, um, if he's not guilty, we'll find that out, and you know we'll see what the team does then. But um, I'm going to reserve judgment. I'm going to wait until the facts are out there, and I mean it's you know it's. Uh, Tough because it was obvious he was a big part of that coaching staff, even though absolutely, um, even though it just strength and conditioning. Well, we, in case you haven't noticed, those it used to be that. Right, do you remember this, Mike? It used to be a given. We're going to have forty-five players go down a year with injuries and not come back. You can go back to two thousand nine, two thousand ten, two thousand eleven seasons, and you know, in the last couple of years, the injury situation with our Rams has been uh, it's been much better. Let's just say that, and so conditioning strength and conditioning is so important to that and so he's been a major major player in keeping this team relatively healthy overall and um it it stinks to see that kind of talent in that direction go well you know you made a good great point at the beginning uh because the way he was on the sideline is he was like that at every practice that i've attended Mm -hmm. uh and so Obviously, he played a pretty big role in them getting there. And I would imagine, you know, it was a little bit of a hangover. You have one of what seemed to be a well-liked coach from the players. And I'm sure it was weighing on him, you know, leading up to the week and, you know, how much is getting out, how you know, all those things. So, yeah, it's interesting now as you keep finding out a little bit more about things, the girly and now this, and you know, oh, we knew what they were doing. We just didn't make changes. It's like, okay, well, it seems we just weren't ready or that day. It just wasn't a good day. Yeah. It was, and of course, you missing Zach Taylor and yeah, you know, it just. I mean, he was there, but we know that it's more than that. So, right. Well, it is what it is, I guess. And so, yeah, we'll wait and see. We'll. See how this goes, Mr. Rath, but it's not looking good. It's not looking good, not by far. Okay, so sponsorship, folks, if you want to sponsor, we have a a big group of podcasts. We have several open spots, and quite frankly, we need to keep the lights on here. I mean, you can look, I mean, if you don't have the video feed, which you don't right now, but one day maybe we will, you can see I kind of live in this bat cave. Mike's room is nice, but where I'm at, it's a bat cave, man. I I expect, you know. So we need to keep the lights on here. So if you're interested in sponsoring us, we're at ramstalk1945 at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 657-666-5453. We have a media kit ready to get out to you. And we have several good things coming to hopefully keep you interested in what we do. All right. So the last subject for today, it's kind of a big one because we've been wondering what's going to happen here for a while. Now we get a little report. Former Jaguars quarterback Blake Bortles is scheduled to visit with the Rams on Monday. Nobody here has really known what the team is going to do at backup quarterback. We still don't, by the way. But they're going to give Borles a shot here to at least talk to him and see what he could bring this team. What are your thoughts on it? Well, again, that's another interesting play. I mean, uh, play, if you will. Uh, You look at – I was just kind of looking at some of the positions uh, where the quarterbacks that are still out there. I mean, you still have uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Brock Osweiler, you know, Jace McCowan, uh, Josh Johnson, Matt Schaub. I didn't even know Geno Smith was still playing, but he's out there. 
Robert Griffin, Ryan Griffin, Tom Savage, Mark Sanchez, Mark Castle. So you got some of these guys that are available per se. AJ McCarron, who just got, but Blake Bortles, you know, he's one game from the Super Bowl, what, two years ago to obviously a bad season last year. But again, you come play for coach like Sean McVay and get to throw in their offense. You know, he could be the guy that was that one game away from the Super Bowl. But, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Well, the thing with Bortles, though, is if you talk to anybody, we've had James Johnson from Jags Wire on, also runs the Jags Den podcast. He's been on a couple times, and, you know, we in talking with him, it's just disappointment because we all know the guy has the talent to be a franchise quarterback. What'd you drop there? <laughs> <laughs> He saw that. <laughs> he's got the talent to be a franchise quarterback, but yet he's never lived up to it. And right. just the inconsistency with reading defenses, um, managing his team, being a leader. But honestly, at age 27, and he has the tools to be a starter in the league, maybe he can turn his career around with the Rams. Maybe he can get in in a good system and learn for a year or so and getting there a shot at being a star somewhere. Maybe. You know, who better learn under than Sean McVay? And again, what happens in this league is listen, you know, he's a high draft pick when he came out and, you know, had uh at least one year of success, had a lot of struggles, but you know, there's a lot of reason why struggles can happen that we don't know. You know, what I do know about Florida there's a lot that goes on, you know, off the field where guys can, you know, get into stuff that has nothing to do with athletics, you know, going out and having a good time, if you will, and those type of things. Uh, don't know this young man or, you know, what he would be like off the field, but you come now to a situation where you're out of some of the spotlight. You can get in under a good coach. You're playing with a young quarterback and, you never know when your number is going to get called because what everyone knows in the league, you have to have uh, adequate backup if your number one guy goes down. So he's been here in the league long enough that he should be able to, you know, be an asset to any team if if he's not the starter. And let's just be honest: no matter what, he is the best option out there if you're going to want a backup. The guy, heaven forbid, Jared Goff gets himself into trouble and gets You hurt. mean you wouldn't want AJ McCarron? I would, you know, he he would be my number 2 <laughs> option. He'd be a number, you know, he's been behind a, you know, a, a couple of really good options in terms of who to learn from and age 28 he you know, he's definitely not an old man by in the slightest, sure, but if you're looking at the best possible backup out there right now for you talent-wise, it's Bortles. But yeah. How much will he cost? That's the question. Right. How much right. will he cost? And yeah, I'd be, I'd be game for McCarron. I would be game for um, McCarron. <laughs> it's not a good list. Part of me wonders if it's time to go draft somebody and develop somebody behind behind yeah. Jared Goff. You know, Absolutely. Other quarterbacks on the list, you know, Mike Glennon, Josh McCarron, right. who may retire. Let's say he may retire. Colin Kaepernick. I don't think, you know, someone's going to say, well, Kaepernick, well, He's not really a fit for the offense that the team runs, and sometimes it's, right. it's sometimes it's not the controversy. Sometimes it's the style, and the Rams don't run that the kind style. of style. Yeah, right. And so I don't, 
I don't know. I mean, to me, the Titans are slim. Trevor Simeon for the Vikings is, a, is an interesting option as well. But I guess we'll find out what the Rams are thinking. If the Rams are going to go hard for the Super Bowl this year, they go get someone like Bortles. If they're thinking, okay, we're going to compete as best we can, we'll compete for a playoff spot, but we're going to wait one more year as we clear out some cap space, then they may draft somebody. Which way do you think well, the Rams are going right now? Well, I was going to say this is probably going to be the most pivotal, pivotal, pivotal year <laughs> for the Rams. Man, where you know I need to get some soup or something. Uh, in in the era of Coach McVay, uh, Les Snead, and the rest of the guys, because first year. It was boy wonder, maybe caught everybody by storm. Last year, man, we're in the Super Bowl. This year, though, hey, we're losing some players. We got to replace some players. We got now some new guys. We got to figure out what we're going to do on the line. And yet, now everybody has more film on your quarterback and your style and your play calling. This is a pivotal year that, you know, can kind of push us and propel us really forward for the long term. Or we may sit back and go like, wow, man, we didn't see that coming this year, you know, but this is going to be interesting. So, yeah, as far as Blake, hopefully, uh, yeah, what's the cost? Is he willing to come in, you know, or do they go, hey, you're you're as good as this guy? But definitely, I think they're going to have to definitely look at the draft for sure. Well, you make a great point there on what – you know, in terms of the questions around this team. I can't think that they weren't prepared, though, for some of these losses. But on the same token, there's always that doubt in the back of your mind. Well, you can be prepared, right? You can be prepared for it, but until it actually happens, it's just like we kind of go down, well, what quarterbacks are out there? Uh, Blake Bortles? You know what I mean? Uh, so hey, they might have been. Hey, hey, Robert Griffin's out there. Blake yeah, Blaine Gabbert's out there. But Blaine, really, but, if you're yeah. heading for a Super Bowl, if you're heading for a Super Bowl, are those the guys you want backing up your starter? You know, and, right. and so I can see why they're bringing Blake Bortles in. The crazy thing is, on social media, we're seeing all these folks coming down on this. I'm like, are you are you kidding me? Are you kidding? Well, me? again, you 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 have to know football and kind of know how it works in the sense of a coach a scheme, the environment, you know, and all those things play a role. You know, we don't know. Maybe, you know, I don't know. Is Blake married? But maybe his wife, you know, something happened with the wives and maybe that affected him on the field. I don't know. But there are a lot of things that go into why is the guy so successful in college, not in the pros or not on a certain team in the pros. He he didn't look like anything. Oh, now he looks like, oh, man, what, what happened? I mean, we have a quarterback that we can say initially, oh, man, maybe this is not going to work out. Sure. And now we find out we, we, we have a quarterback for the future. Well, the word on Bortles is that he did not put the work in. That's what the word is on him is that he didn't actually put the time in filming or anything. But honestly, we don't know for sure. It's not like we were in the room right. with him. But we can yeah. also go this. What coaches were there with him? Did he have an offensive absolutely. mind like Sean McVay with him? No. No. Absolutely not. So maybe that's it. But you're, you're dead right on one thing, though. Well, you're dead right on a lot of things. But you're dead right on this thing, and that is this is a pivotal year. We're going to find out how good this coaching staff really is because this is the first time that they've had to step back from roster building and kind of try and work their way around letting some people go. 
you nailed it. And I think that's going to be some of the anguish now for some of the diehard Rams fans heading into the draft. Is can the Rams have themselves another great draft and fill some of these holes? I can look back at last year's draft and go, you know, dang, they did a heck of a job. They got a lot of pieces in there that they're yeah, going to yeah. have this year. And, you know, we at the time were like, that's not very, that's not a very pretty draft. But, you know, John Franklin Myers, he's quite possibly a starter next year. Ryan Allen, quite possibly a starter next year. Looks like he is going to be a starter for that matter. Joe Nopum is quite possibly a starter. We don't know the plans for Michael Kaiser, but I'm guessing they're pretty good. And, and of course, Okoronkwo didn't even didn't play it down, but the word on him is still pretty good. So it looks like the Rams have been playing this now for a while. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, this is where it gets cat and mouse. And, you know, how healthy is a guy? I know it was a big plus, a big wick coming back for at least one more season. You know, you got great leadership. So that, I'm sure, settles some hearts and minds. But, again, how well do guys improve from year to year? How healthy can guys stay? How much can now, you know, we prepare a little bit more for scheme or whatever is going to happen? But again, we have the Todd Gurley situation out there. Like, how bad is a guy's knee? I mean, is it what we hear or or what do they actually really know? You know, so I think the draft is going to tell us a lot in regards to what they're thinking longer term. You know, if we see him draft two running backs, we can probably go, hmm, that knee is a little worse than, than they want us to believe, you know. And so, yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll see. All right, folks. Well, guess what? That's about a wrap for us here. It was a nice, easygoing podcast, right? Right, maybe? All right. Yeah, this was nice. <laughs> and we're, we're saying that because the last couple of weeks we've had some internet problems here. So this is the first time we've actually had a podcast without a delay and yeah, wondering, yeah. not getting frustrated. So it went well tonight. <laughs> Folks, thanks as always for tuning in. You can follow us on Twitter at TalkRams and on Facebook at, at Facebook.com forward slash Rams Talk. Don't forget, we still have a t-shirt for sale. Look it up on Twitter or in the Rams Talk Room group. You can find it there. And, by the way, do not forget... Do not forget the man, the myth, the legend here, the other man, the myth, the legend. We have Norm. Then we also have Michael here. Give him one Duke 23 on Twitter as well. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. And don't forget the iBeat Radio plays our shows on Saturday, Sunday, and Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific time. And that's pretty much all I got. Mike, any closing thoughts for us today? No, man. It was a blast today. Love it. And, hey, everyone out there, have a great rest of the week and uh again hope you enjoyed your saint patty's day and by that we hope we're saying we hope you stay relatively sober yeah <laughs> all right folks for the entire rams talk crew this is derek c paula saying have a great night and go rams go rams You can.
can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the make. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. At Simple Mobile, you get the no contract advantage. Those other mobile companies make you think you're in control, but you're really not. Simple Mobile is different. You can get a powerful nationwide 5G network all without a contract. It's the reliability you need when you need it. With no mystery fees, no activation fees, and no contract ever. Simple Mobile. Out with the old, in with the simple. 5G-capable device and SIM required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. 5G network not available in all areas. 5G upload speeds not yet available. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua, and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter, and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film, and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.